Hi, everyone. Heather here. Before you start listening to another great episode from Debate 101, we have an upcoming Instagram Live taking place this Thursday, December 3rd, 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. There, Noah, Reza, Hannah, and I will take on a mini holiday debate. And it is also a chance for you to ask your burning questions, whether it's about the podcast or the hosts or anything really. Our Instagram handle is at THW Debate Podcast. We're looking forward to seeing you. So the first thing y'all need to know about tournaments is that dress codes theme is the Wild West. There is no rules. There is no expectation to be formal in university. You can do whatever you want. Unfortunately, that's not the case for high school. But something that definitely stuck in my mind was when I went to a tournament in the UK and I was dressed not at all weather appropriate. It was like five degrees in rain. I had on a mesh shirt and an open flannel, no coat. I had ripped jeans all the way down. I was wearing like soaked vet, like canvas vans too. My debate partner was wearing like thigh high boots and a mini skirt, all black outfit, thin wool coat. And some team just comes up to us and they're like, oh my God, aren't you guys like freezing? And then they stopped themselves before we could say anything. And they're like, oh wait, you guys are the Canadian team. And they just left. Hey everyone, welcome to the Debate 101 series of This House Wood, a podcast on all things debate related. I'm Nicole Chu. And I'm Noah Pino. Today, we will be talking about debate tournaments. So, much in the same way that there's competitions in like sports, chess, whatever else floats your boat, competitive debaters compete against each other in debate tournaments in the goal of winning the whole thing, beating the top team, and also being the best speaker. So it's a time to put your skills to the test, but you also get to meet a lot of like-minded individuals who care a lot about many of the same issues, have a passion for debating, are really bright people that make great conversation. Very rewarding experience, something we'd highly recommend if you get the chance. Exactly. So whether you want to prove your own debate skills, improve your techniques, or learn from other talented debaters, tournaments are right for you. So today, we'll be talking about what a typical tournament generally looks like, uh, what are the different tournament circuits, and also our own experiences and stories about tournaments. So what I think is really interesting is that Nicole hasn't been to a tournament in quite a while because she hasn't really debated since high school. So I feel like we have very different ideas about tournaments since, you know, I went to the uni circuit where you can show up to Oxford Union in a mesh shirt. And that's something that high schoolers don't usually do. So I want to ask her first, just to see like TBT, what was high school debate like? How many debaters? What are the rounds like? What's the typical day schedule? What do you expect? Yeah, sure. So most of the tournaments I go to were pretty large scale. So they would be around 100 students or even more. But of course, for say regional tournaments, um, there were like less people, I think around like 30 or 40 participants, but still quite a few people. Um, and in terms of rounds, uh, normally it lasts a weekend. So it's like Friday, Saturday, sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and it's generally like a couple rounds per day. So say three rounds per day. And then on the last day, there are like the finals, semifinals and so on. What about you, Noah? How is like university debating like? Oh boy, what a loaded question. 
Um, honestly, so a lot of that is pretty similar. Um, tournaments tend to be a bit bigger just because the judges are also uni students. So it's the same social pool that's debating and judging. But the actual competition size doesn't usually change that much, um, except for really big tournaments like, I don't know, Worlds. Um, even CPDAS sometimes has like 20 teams. So there's a really big range of the size of tournaments. Um, but they all typically are over a weekend. So they'll have preliminary rounds where they sort you based on your wins and losses. And then also an elimination round. So pretty similar to high school. There are some differences in terms of how they might be organized um, or the limitations of the school that's hosting, but um, it's pretty similar. At least I always think that going to tournaments is the, the best prep that tournaments actually offer you in high school is you just already know what to expect from your first tournament. Um, otherwise, the experience isn't that much of a difference, but it is definitely a bit jarring at your first time. Wait, so we were talking briefly about like elimination rounds, um, like general rounds and stuff. Like what is the biggest difference? Like what are all these like terminologies? So you'll have regular rounds that everybody debates in over the course of the tournament. So usually, I don't know, it'll depend a lot, but like five or six is pretty standard for like a local weekend tournament. So everybody will debate in those rounds. If you win, you are competing against people with the same number of wins as you. So, for example, at British Parliamentary, if you got, like, two firsts, you're going to be facing only teams that got two firsts in the third round as well. And basically, they're sorting you or tabbing you around your number of wins or the number of teams that you've defeated. And out rounds or break rounds or elimination rounds... Um, we have 60 names for every single thing in debate, and I don't know why, and it's not useful. But anyways, these after rounds, those rounds are, um, it's only a predetermined number of the top number of those teams on that tab. So sorting the top teams that have performed the best. So usually it's like semifinals, quarterfinals for most tournaments. Um, so there could be up to 16 teams that break at normal British parliamentary tournaments. Obviously, it can sometimes be a lot smaller as well. But yeah, the uh, the really cool thing about Outrounds is that you get to watch the best teams in the tournament because they're always open to spectators. So that's the other nice thing about tournaments is like if your club is not very experienced and you want to learn from people, but you don't get to always hit the best teams in the tournament, you will at least have the chance to watch them debate against other great teams in really challenging rounds on like the last day or the last few hours of the last day. So in a round, uh, who are the people that are generally in the room? So of course there's debaters, but who else? So there's at least one judge, hopefully more than one judge, because we like to have good quality decisions. But there's some panel of judges who will decide on whether you win or lose, or in British parliamentary, the ranking of all of the people in the room. So who's first, who's second, who's third, and who's fourth. So the biggest difference you might notice if you've already done some in high school is in high school, there's oftentimes like teachers or also parents or just like older siblings who are doing judging. But in university, it's just other university students. So you're judged only by your peers in university, whereas you might have, depending on the tournament, teachers or parents or university students judging high school debate. But you'll have those people who are in every round Again, hopefully more than one, so that it's not just one person thinking alone about the debate, but that will depend on the tournament as well. 
Uh, you'll have a moderator who's separate sometimes. Otherwise, one of the judges will be the chair. And the chair just kind of announces who's coming up. So they kind of facilitate the debate, which is really nice if you're new, because they will actually like walk you through the order in real time with the debate. That makes it a lot less nerve-wracking. Yeah, and I guess the chair um, also times the debate. So they would give like time signals, like, oh, you have five minutes left or like a minute left. Oh, girl, not me. (laughs) When I'm chair, I I always make my panelists do it. Like every time I judge a practice at this point and I'm chairing, I'll be like, all right, and timing will be, and I just stop. And I wait until somebody volunteers the time until I allow the round to progress. (laughs) Really? Um. But I don't know, RIP to you, but I'm different. <laughs> I guess like that's more for like high school tur- uh, yeah. high school tournaments. They have like a designated like chair moderator to be like the person to time. Yeah, it, so. y'all could time yourselves. You should. Fair. It's a good practice. <laughs> but sometimes people do it for you just to look nice. To give the like grade sixes at the school like a really fun thing to do on their weekend. Yeah, so we've been talking about like high school uh, tournaments and university tournaments. What are the main say, like, university tournaments in Canada that you can participate in? Well, for high school, I mean, would it be shameless if I plugged my own university? (laughs) Obviously, Hart House (laughs) High Schools is a really big one. Um, Okay, Nicole has validated my corruption and nepotism, so we're going in on this. Hart House High Schools is great. Um, You have really great judges. You have really great CAs. I say this as a judge and a CA at Hart House High Schools, so, like, it slaps your honor. But there's also really great opportunities in Central um, Canada. McGill runs great tournaments, as does Queens. Western is running a lot of stuff as well. Outside of that, I'm not too sure, honestly. I wish I knew more about other high school circuits outside of Central Canada. But I do know that UBC is starting to run a lot. And also, I believe, University of Alberta, which is really great. So I remember when I was debating back in the like Mesozoic era, when I was debating in Alberta as like a junior high high school, there was zero university run tournaments. Really? Or oh. I think there, I think actually, I think UFC ran one, but our teachers like boycotted it because it was poorly run. And it was also still like, it was also still worse than the other tournaments at the time. I also know that UBC and I think U of A now are running some high school tournaments. Back when I was debating in like the era of the dinosaurs in junior high and high school, there were not really any university tournaments for me back then. I guess there was, I think, UFC. Um, I'm saying this very dubiously and with a lot of skepticism because I think there was, but our teachers were like, it's poorly run, so you're not allowed to go. Um, but it wasn't run well, and I didn't want to go. So, like, no harm there. That was a long time ago. So, like, if you're from UFC, please don't dox me over this. But I... <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of new opportunities that are showing up. I'm hoping it's the same in Eastern Canada, um, especially in Nova Scotia. Some universities are opening some tournaments, I believe. That's very vague and not helpful to any of you, but just look out for that on your own initiative. So, Nicole, did you ever go to any university tournaments? Yeah, actually, I did. A lot of the tournaments I went to were actually ran run by UBC. So they ran a autumn tournament and also a spring tournament too. And that's for uh, novices, junior and senior debaters. So it's quite a large debate for everyone to join. Mm -hmm. I know that these uni tournaments are really, really popular. Um, Just in my experience coaching, I've seen a lot of high schoolers, not only at my own school, but at others. They really enjoy those tournaments. So 
The nice thing about them too is, okay, this is like maybe a legal issue. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm Nicole. You can talk to us about it afterwards. But like, you don't have to go affiliated as a school as long as you have your own supervision. So if you're in high school, like, it's a really good way to go if you haven't already organized something at your school, because you don't rely on having a lot of teammates or people who want to go with you, or teachers who want to care for you if you get like a parent to go with you. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, I've seen quite so it's a legal. few teams where um, they aren't affiliated with any high school, and yeah, they do well as well. So, so do you have any like interesting? I guess it's high school, so y'all couldn't have gotten too wild. But like, any interesting stories from tournaments? Actually, quite a few. Because when you started this episode with um, your story, it reminded me once where. Uh, it was actually right before a tournament. So we were walking to our tournament in Queens, so Queens University. But the thing was, it was negative 10 degrees outside. And initially, we thought we were going to take like a short taxi ride or bus ride to the tournament location. But our coach ended up being like, no, we can just walk because it's only like 10 minutes, but in negative 10 degree weather. So we were all literally wearing flats or like heels and tights and just like stomping across the snow um, to our tournament location. So that was pretty rough. Yeah, the walk to rounds can be pretty rough, which is a nice thing about online tournaments is you don't have to walk in like minus 20 for 10 minutes just to find out that your building's locked. You just sit in your room with nobody around you, which is, I guess, better. Yeah, Queens is like, I I remember going one year in December to, or January, I guess, to chaperone my kids. And it became like 20 degrees colder and a blizzard overnight. And I remember like, being out with my friends and we were trying to go back to the place that we were staying because we were staying with friends and we stopped at poutine and she just wiped out on the front step oh man. <laughs> i swear she was walking just wiped out and i sat there and i cackled and some girl came up and was like oh my god like are you okay i'm really worried about you are you with someone here can you go get some napkins to like wipe up her ketchup <laughs> and I'm still sitting there like laughing my butt off. What a friend, um, what a friend. <laughs> and she's like, do, do you have, are you going to get home safe? Do you have someone with you? And she points to me and she's like, I'm with him. And she's like, are you sure you don't have to say that? You're safe with me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I know she thought I was like harassing her or something because I laughed at her spilling her poutine. But I question you, would you not just cackle? Um, I would too. I would too. And then help them up, I guess, after laughing. <laughs> but no, uh, what about like during tournaments, like dur- during the actual tournaments? Are there any fun stories that happened? Well, people always like, there's always fun stories where people like make funny mistakes and rounds. Um, it's really embarrassing when you're like the person that preps the wrongs out of the motion, but it often makes for funny stories afterwards. Obviously, other things that are really funny are just if you get to bring in like a gutty personal example for rounds, like anytime you have a round about like relationships or rounds about like social media and you can like jab at your friends, that's kind of fun. You actually find that as you meet more friends at university, rounds, obviously they become more intense and more competitive, especially at higher levels. But there's also a lot more like friendship and wholesomeness. I don't know. It's really nice like getting to scream at your friend for having a case that you thought was bad. And then afterwards, you guys just like chat, hang out, have lunch together, um, and it's all good. Yeah, but I mean, you'll find all sorts of like inside jokes, funny rounds. There's a notorious inside joke for 
university debaters about some roundabout like tackling a child with I can't even say this. Somebody's going to sue me for this. About tackling a child with leukemia whose make-a-wish was to score the winning touchdown for an extremely crappy football team. If that football team is good now, um, I don't do sports. So just don't hold me accountable for anything. But that was right at the novice final. And like, we still talk about it. It's We're not over it. We don't have a new joke yet. We're trying really hard and we're not there. We have funny inside jokes like that. Funny motions, subjects. It's kind of hard to even think of more specific examples. You guys will have your own. I will be more funny to you guys because you guys actually did it with your friends. Right. So it seems like the tournament culture is generally really like friendly and fun and not as competitive, would you say? I would love to say yes. Um, The honest answer is I know that's not always the case for everyone. But a lot of the time, it's not the case for people because they are really unprepared Um, Or at least they feel unprepared, which actually is usually more important. I guess one of our hopes with this podcast overall, um, you know, not to whip our entire podcast and series, but tournaments are a lot more fun when you don't feel like you're messing up, when you don't feel like you don't know enough, and when you don't feel like you have no idea what's going on around you. So, you know, go with it with an open mind. You might do poorly. You probably will do like, I don't know, bottom half or like, Not the best at your first ever tournament, and that's totally fine. But we're hoping, you know, with this podcast and with our series especially, that you guys will have some base knowledge so that when you go to tournaments, you don't have to worry about the basics and you can just focus on improving, on learning, on having fun, making friends. So my answer is, you know what, it's not always like that, but we hope to make it like that, Um, make it like a really fun, welcoming experience for as many of you as possible. And I think a big part of that is just feeling confident in what you're about to say and the work that you've done. Great. I think that's the perfect way to end, actually. So thank you so much for joining us for the Debate 101 series. Stay tuned for more on This House Wood. Please follow our podcast and our Instagram at THW Debate Podcast. Thank you.